For the past couple of weeks, we've been meditating on the subject called the pursuit of God. Uh, for the last uh, two weeks, we've been looking at overcoming the challenges. And um, last week, we specifically studied on why we must pursue God. And today, this evening, I want to share with you. Today, I want to share with you on how we can pursue God. You know, the more I think of the subject, the more I feel it's important for all of us to know this really well. There is one duty of mankind in this earth. What is that? Follow God, obey his commandments. Simple as that. Solomon reaches the end of his life. You look at Solomon, there was no, not, no one like him. I, I don't think there will be any king. I, I don't think there was any king after him or will be in the future also. The Bible clearly says that he will have a wisdom like no other. Wealthy, wisest man to have ever lived on earth gets to the end of this, his life and he says one simple advice. He says, follow God, keep his commandments. This is the duty of all mankind. Because you look at what the world can offer you. What the world offers is always a trap. What the world offers may seem very lucrative, but at the end of it all, it will lead you to a place where you will be, you'll be filled with doubts filled with grief and anxiety about your life. But whatever Christ gives you satisfies your soul. He is the one who is the living water. He is the bread of life. He is the one when he feeds us, when he opens his hand and when he gives it to us, our life is completely satisfied in him. Now last week we heard this uh, really sad news about the coffee day owner. Until then, I thought Coffee Day was an international brand. I didn't know that it was from Karnataka. I didn't know it was out of Chikmangalore. I, I thought, okay, this is some international brand. You look at the prices, everything is international. But they were doing some really good work, really good work. A sad ending, isn't it? Sad ending. If only, I was, I was just thinking to myself, if only this man knew Christ. If only this man knew Christ. The 11,000 crore of debt would not seem like a big thing. Because Christ gives hope for the future. Money can you know, seem like a good foundation today, but it never gives a hope for the future. It may seem like it's going to do something to us, but eventually it will take us to a place that will fill us with griefs and anxiety. Amen. So I, I pray, you know, as you hear to this sermon, that you would be stirred with the passion for Jesus. And I believe and I want to pray this over your life, that he will become the greatest priority in your life. Amen. Amen. I ask that you keep your hearts open and minds open as we hear from God's word. There was this man called Charlie Duke. He was an astronaut. He was the 10th man and the youngest man to walk on the moon. I don't know if you've heard about him. Heard about him. Just look him up on YouTube. You'll find him. He walked on the moon for about three days. He came to the Lord and he shared this testimony that walking on the moon was an exciting adventure. Imagine walking on the moon, walking on a place away from planet earth. He said, it was an exciting adventure, but it wasn't enough for me. I was craving for more. I was looking for more. He said, walking on the moon was exciting, but it never brought me satisfaction. He said, walking on the moon was a very exciting thing, but I was never fulfilled. He says one thing, walking with Jesus brought him the satisfaction that he was always looking for. We can reach heights in our career. We can have all that we wished for. We may attain all that we have dreamed about, but nothing can satisfy you like pursuing God. 
As we look at scripture, there are so many lessons we can learn from the life of these biblical characters. They remind us over and over again that if there is one thing that we can do that is worthwhile when you are on this earth, that is follow Jesus. There is one thing that is worthwhile, follow Jesus, pursue him and build a relationship with him. Solomon, one of the greatest kings to have ever lived, wealthiest, wisest king. The Bible says there was nobody as wealthy as him before him or after him. Nobody as wise as him after him or before him. So he, he was a man who was unique. He gets to the end of his life, drifted away from the Lord. He writes in Ecclesiastes chapter 12 that at the end of it, there is only one duty of man, follow God and keep his commandments. Think of it, a man who's seen it all, a man who enjoyed it all, says one thing, follow God and keep his commandments. Amen. So I want to share with you on how uh, you and I can pursue God. Now, this subject, the pursuit of God, before I start this, I want to say, might seem like a hard, difficult or a complex thing to do. But actually, it's very simple. Very simple. In my personal experience of living for a short period of time on earth, I'm very careful when I say when elderly people are in the room. <laughs> in my personal experience, I can say, building a relationship with Jesus is the simplest thing ever. I'm a married man, I have a child. Marriage is, is very complex. It's very complicated. It's, it's a challenging task. But building a relationship with Jesus is the simplest thing that you can ever do. Every other relationship in this world can be complex, but there is one relationship that is easiest and the most simplest of all, that is a relationship with Jesus. Sometimes, you know, we may complicate it saying, oh, maybe I cannot be spiritual. But trust me, all of us can be spiritual and all of us can pursue God. So the question is this, how can we pursue God? For the last couple of weeks, I've been talking about why we must pursue God and how we can overcome the challenges in our pursuit of God. But today, I want to get to the main part of this series, that is, how do I pursue God? First point is this, how do I pursue God? First, empty yourself every day. If you want to pursue God, the way to do that is that you have to empty yourself every day. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 16 verse 24. Matthew 16 24. If you're there, I would like to read that verse for you. Very familiar verse that most of you might have read. Matthew 16 24. What does Jesus say? Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. What did Jesus say? If you want to be my disciple, if you want to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. This is one of those verses that can seem hard and difficult to digest, but it's a very simple verse and a very easy to understand. Whenever we read the Gospels, we have to keep in mind that the language that is used in the Gospel was part of the first century way of talking. It was exaggerated and it was very dramatic. That is why, you know, one place Jesus says, if you, do not love, if you do not hate your father and mother, you cannot be my disciple. Literally doesn't mean that. It was just the way of talking in the first century AD. So let's look at this verse. What does Jesus mean when he said, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Let's look at the first word that says, deny himself. Let him deny himself. 
In simple words, this is what it means. It means dethrone yourself and enthrone Christ every day. What does it mean? Dethrone yourself and enthrone Christ every single day. If you desire to pursue God every day, then you have to dethrone yourself and enthrone Christ every day. Let me put it this way. Do you know who is your greatest enemy to your spiritual growth? Do you know who is the greatest enemy to your spiritual growth? Me. Do you know who is the greatest stumbling block to our spiritual growth? It's me. I, I am. You know, because you look at this. Jesus doesn't say, if you desire to be my disciple, cast the devil out. Jesus doesn't say, if you desire to uh, be my disciple, abandon your family. No, what he's saying is, if you desire to be my disciple, you deny yourself first. In other words, dethrone yourself and enthrone Christ. In other words, you've got to empty you of yourself. You've got to dethrone yourself and enthrone Christ in your life. See, the danger is many times we become the king of our own lives. We become the master of our own lives. We come to church because we felt like coming to church today. Do you know what that is? That is the self ruling us and dictating, dictating us to tell us where we should go. One day our self will tell us, okay, you know what? You've been very busy this week and uh, God knows your heart and he knows that you love him. He knows, he knows your heart very well. So today, take some rest. Your self will tell you and when you go back to sleep, you know what's happening there? It's yourself ruling you. Jesus says, if you want to be my disciple, first of all, dethrone yourself. Stop being the king of your own life. If you want to pursue me, if you want to come after me, if you want to build a relationship with me, dethrone yourself and enthrone me as the master of your own life. In other words, in simple words, let me put it this way. Jesus is saying, Stop being the master of your own life. Stop being the master of your own destiny. Because if you are the master of your own life, you are going to do things that pleases you. If you're going to be the master of your own lives, you will do what pleases you. We please ourselves simply because we are the masters of our own life. And that is why we have very lukewarm Christians. Jesus said, hey, do you want to pursue me? Do you want to come after me? Do you want to be my disciple? Do this. Dethrone yourself and enthrone me in your life. You see, following Christ is not about what benefit I can receive from him. It's all about his glory and his name. Amen. Are you with me? Following Christ and living for him is not about what benefit I can receive. It's all about his glory and his name. Colossians chapter 3 verse 17 says like this, And whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This, this verse is very practical, says it all, how we are supposed to live. And I tell you, we cannot live this life, we cannot live for the glory of God, unless we dethrone ourselves and enthrone Christ in our life. Again, let me remind you this, you know, following Jesus is not about how wealthy I can be. It's not about how, what, I, what I can do to make myself, you know, influential in this place. 
following Jesus is all about what can I do to make him famous? What can I do to lift up his name in the city? It's all about that. And so if we decide to pursue Christ, it begins with this one thing. Dethrone yourself and enthrone Christ. Honestly, this can be a real, real struggle many times. We know what God wants us to do. But we always drift away and do what we want to do. We know what God is pleased with. But we end up doing what is comfortable for us and easy for us. The Bible reminds us of this very important, simple, but a very important principle saying, do you desire to pursue God? Empty yourself, dethrone yourself and enthrone Christ. Because the moment we dethrone ourselves, it will become very easy to pursue God. Because now, nothing is in the way. Until that point, you know, prayer will be a struggle. Devotion to God will be a challenge. Why? Simply because we are the masters of our own life. We are standing in the way somewhere. But the day you dethrone yourself and enthrone Christ and Christ becomes the king of your life, I tell you, you will jump out of your bed to pray in the morning. You'll be excited to spend time with your master. Because why? Because your master is waiting to hear from you and you want to speak to him. But if you're the own master of your, if you're the master of your own life, you will do what is easy and comfortable for you. Pursuing God begins with this one thing, empty your, emptying yourself, dethroning ourselves, and putting Christ on the throne of our life. Amen. How can we do that? Now we have to check if there is any character, any habit in us that makes us give more priority to ourselves, more priority to my dreams and more prominence to my plans. We have to check if there is anything like that in our life. If there is anything, then remove it from your life. You know, two signs that we can uh, use to identify if we are still ruled by ourselves is this. If we get very upset, when we are not treated well, that's a sign that we are the masters of our own life. Paul says like this, it is no longer I who lives. He was a man who really dethroned himself and enthroned Christ. You know, I, I talk about Paul very often in the church. I'm amazed, you know, the more I read scriptures, the more I study about his life. This man had every reason to brag about his life. He was from the elite tribe of Israel, the Benjamites. The first king of Israel came from that tribe. He was the elite of Israel. But what does he say? I look at everything and he says, it's, it's worthless. I look at all that I have, it's worthless. See, if there is anything in our life, if anybody says something to us, and, and if we get very upset when we are not treated well, that's a sign that our self is still ruling us. If we get really upset when things don't go our way, that is also a sign that the self is still ruling us. We have to dethrone ourselves. We have to push us away, push ourselves away from the throne that we have set for us. And we have to say, Lord, you be the master of our own life. How can we do that? For instance, we have to set our priorities right. Set our priorities right. John 3 verse 30 says like this, John 3.30 Anybody knows this verse by heart? John 3.30 He must increase but I must decrease. 
John the Baptist was a man who knew what his mission was. He was the one who came before Jesus to prepare the way, yet he understood that he is not greater than Jesus. That is why when his disciples come to him and say, Master, Master, all the people are going to Jesus to get baptized. John the Baptist says, let him increase, and but I must decrease. In other words, he must have the greatest priority, I must have the lesser priority. I came as a foreigner of Jesus, but that doesn't mean I am greater than Jesus in any way. I came before Jesus, but doesn't mean that I have a place of prominence. In everything, it is Jesus who holds the highest priority. He, he knew what his priorities were. That is why he says, he must increase, but I must decrease. See, we have to check what our priorities are. Do we give ourselves? Do, do we give our goal? Do we give our work the greatest priority? Or do we give God the highest priority in our life? Amen. The second thing under the first point is this. First, we have to set our priorities right. And second, we have to check whom do we please? Whom do we please? Whenever I think of pleasing people, uh, this verse keeps popping into my mind. Galatians 1.10. Paul says, if I still pleased men, I would not be a servant of Jesus Christ. What a powerful verse that reminds us of whom we should please. If we are pleasing people in any way, what does the Bible say? We cannot be a servant of Jesus Christ. You see, there are habits in us that make us lose interest in the pursuit of God. If we can pay attention and change those few things, if we make Christ the king of our life and the master of our life, the leader of our life, the shepherd of our life, I can tell you, we will be able to pursue God every single day. The way you can do that is every day in the morning just wake up and say, Lord, I don't want to be the guide of my own life. Wake up, in the, wake up in the morning, make these practical prayers. Say, Lord, I don't want to be the master of my life. I don't want to lead my own life. I don't want to lead my own self. I want you to lead me. David understood that. That is why he says, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. He understood that if there is only one person who can lead me well, if there is one person who can lead me to a place without any lack, that is God himself. That is why he says, the Lord is my shepherd. We have to arrive at that point where we push ourselves away from the throne we have set for ourselves and put Christ there. We have to say, Lord, you be the master. You be the shepherd. You be the leader. Because when Christ sits on the throne of our life, when he is the leader of our life, pursuit of God will become very easy. Will become very easy. Amen. That's the first point. And empty yourself. Dethrone yourself and enthrone Christ. Amen. Second thing, second point. How do I pursue God? Matthew 16, 24 goes on to say, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. And then it goes on to say, take up his cross. Take up his cross. One of the second things that Jesus says here is take up his cross cross. If we desire to be the disciple of Jesus, if we desire to pursue God, we have to take up our cross. What, what does that mean? It means to live a sacrificial life. Which means to follow Christ, you have to abandon your personal ambitions, personal goals, leave your comfort zone to pursue Christ. 
I know this doesn't sound very sweet to our ears. We have to leave our personal ambitions. Someone said like this, if I fulfill God's will, when will I fulfill my will? Have you ever struggled with that thought? I have. If I fulfill Christ's will for my life, when will I fulfill my own will? I tell you, you know, when we follow Jesus, there is nothing called I there. There is no, nothing called, you know, my will, my ambition, my goals. No, when we come to Christ, we have to take up the cross, which means we have to abandon our personal ambitions. We have to let go of what we always desired for and say, God, what do you desire today? What is your plan for me today? What is your agenda for me today? You know, when we say that, that is when we can pursue God truly. That is when we can pursue God truly. Jesus said, if you desire to be my disciple, take up your cross. Take up your cross. Luke adds one more word to this in Luke 9.23. He says, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. Not on a Sunday. Not in the beginning of the month. Not in the new year service. When we rededicate our life to Christ. Not in this youth camp where we, you know, spectacular things happen. Jesus says, no. If you want to be my disciple, do it daily. Daily abandon your personal ambitions. Now when I think of personal ambitions, personal goal, personal desires, it's like a tree that always keeps growing. You cut it, it'll still keep growing. Somewhere or the other it'll sprout. And as Christians, you know, it is our task to cut it down every day. Every day we have to say, Lord, not my will, but let yours be done. I don't want to do what I desire. I want to do what you desire. I want to do the things that you have in store for me today. What is your agenda for me today? We have to start praying like that. We have to start asking God, God, you guide me. You tell me what to do. Sometimes God will say, son, I know you really like this. I know you want to do this, but I want you to let this go. I, I tell you, uh, my personal testimony is this. I wanted to become a sound engineer. So I wanted to go to the US and study. I was preparing. I was working towards it. And then I fell sick. I was in the hospital. Uh, I, I've never fallen sick in my life that way ever. I was down with dengue. I was in the hospital and uh, that night uh, my mentor was texting me, my old boss. He said, uh, pray maybe the Lord wants to speak to you something tonight. I said, okay sir, I'll pray. And then I, I prayed that night. I honestly prayed. I said, Lord, I don't know why I'm sick. I don't fall sick. I've never fallen this sick in my life. I don't know why. Please tell me what to do. And at that night, I think it was about 12 o'clock in the night. I was, I was on the hospital bed. Uh, drips were going uh, in my body and uh, my, my dad was sleeping next to me and I heard the Lord speak very clearly to, clearly to me saying everything that you've planned for your life put it away enter into ministry I was like God I've been planning for my future for many years now because by the time see I entered into Bible college not because I want to be a pastor I didn't want to be a pastor at all Past, being a pastor was never my goal I, I hated ministry because of seeing what my parents went through. I really hated ministry. And so I went to college just to please my parents. But I got some good opportunities there. But I still didn't give up my uh, goal of being a sound engineer. I really wanted, I was dreaming of so many things. I was working on different projects. I was planning my future. I was doing a lot of things. But I reached this one point where Jesus says, leave it. He said, leave everything. I want you to abandon your plans and submit yourself for full-time ministry. I said, God, it's very difficult. 
I didn't submit immediately, I tell you. I was very adamant with my plans. I didn't submit. Finally said, Lord, that you will be done. I look back at my life today, I tell you, every day morning, I wake up with a sense of satisfaction. I wake up with joy because I know I've not lost anything in life. Rather, God has filled me with so much of joy, has given me so much of peace in my heart and satisfaction that even if I had followed my own plans, I would have never received. Jesus said, if you want to pursue me, do one thing, take up your cross. Live a sacrificial life. You have some goals in mind, you have something that you want to do, put all that down. Take up your cross. Leave everything behind and follow me. You know, when we look at the life of Moses, he was a man whom, to whom God spoke to him face to face as a man would talk to his friend. And many times we can desire to have that same experience. We might say, Lord, just as you, you know, had this relationship with Moses, I want to grow in that relationship. You know, we, we, we can desire to seek the Lord like that. But do you know what was the fundamental reason behind Moses' life? That he was able to seek the Lord that way? The book of Hebrews chapter 11 talks about it. Hebrews 11, 24 and 25. Can we turn to that passage? Hebrews 11, verse 24 and 25. If you're there, I would like to read it for you. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24 to 25. In fact, you can mark down uh, up to verse 29 and you can read this at home. If you look at the life of Moses, it says like this, By faith Moses, when he became of age, he was still in the Egypt, uh, Egyptian palace, He's, it says, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He had every pleasure in the world. Everything that he wanted, he had access to in the world. But he say, the Bible says, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Verse 25, it goes on to say, choosing rather to be, rather to suffer affliction with people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. What does he do here? He's, he's living a life of sacrifice. He knows he can get all that he wants, but no, 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 no. He's refusing it. He's rejecting it and saying, I want to suffer with God's people. I want to suffer with God's people. Verse 26, I love this verse. It says like this, Estimating the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. He didn't look at the treasures of Egypt and think, Oh, what an inheritance I have. Pharaoh's daughter, he will receive his inheritance. He'll definitely have a good place in society, but the Bible says he didn't look at that as a great thing. And I, and I, and I look at this life of Moses this was one of the fundamental reasons why he followed after God. Why when, you know, uh, he would always go into the tent of meeting every day, seek with the Lord, and when he would come out of the tent of meeting, his face would shine, and he would cover his face. People would be standing outside looking at him. Why? There was a sacrifice behind the scenes. He left what he thought was, was good for him. He left everything. And he chose to suffer. He forsook the pleasures of Egypt. He looked at Christ as greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. That is why this man was after Christ the way he was. He took up his cross. He lived his life of a sacrifice. I tell you the key to pursuing God, if you want to, if you want to run after God, the key to pursuing God is live a life of sacrifice. I tell, you, no, any, I tell you, there is no person who has come to Christ and has regretted that decision. 
anyone who has given up his life for Christ never regrets it because he is the one who keeps his word. He will never fail those who look unto him. If you desire to pursue Christ, what should you do? Live a life of sacrifice. Amen. I want to go to the last point. Matthew chapter 16 verse 24. Matthew 16 24. The last part of the verse says like this. Let him deny himself, take up his cross and then follow me. This, when I read this verse, it almost looks like a process. You, des- you want to be my disciple? Deny yourself. Dethrone yourself. Second, live a life of sacrifice. Finally, Jesus says, follow me. The, the meaning of this last word, follow me, simply means obey me. Have you ever played this game probably in a church camp or a youth a group or somewhere where this one person standing on stage will do some actions and everybody's supposed to follow him? Have you ever done that? I've done that in some youth groups where one person will stand on stage, he will do some actions and everybody in the crowd will follow that. Okay? Following Christ is very similar to that. A very simple explanation. Whatever the leader does, we simply have to follow and obey him. If we desire to pursue Christ, we have to follow in his footsteps. We have to learn to obey everything that Jesus wants us to do. See, one of the hallmarks of David's life is this. One of the reasons why he was able to follow after God the way he did is because he was obedient to God. He was not just a man who wrote songs of, you know, Lord, I thirst for you, Lord, I long for you, Lord, I look at the heavens, you know. He doesn't, he's not just a man that, like that. He was a man who was very obedient. And God gives a testimony about him in, uh, in the Bible and it says like this, Acts 13 verse 22, can we turn to that? God gives a testimony about David. God gives a testimony about David. Let me read that verse, if you're there, Acts 13, 22. When he had removed him, he raised up for them David as king, talking about Saul, that God removed him. He raised up for them David as king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. I love the last line, it says, who will do all my will. What is God's testimony about David? He's a man who will do everything I want him to do. He's a man who will do all my will. Isn't that amazing? You know, I was reading this verse today morning and I thought to myself, I want Jesus to tell that about me. I want God to tell that, okay, Joshua is a man who will do everything I want him to do. That's the real pursuit of God, I tell you. It's not about everything else in this world. It's not about what we can attain in this world. If we want to pursue God, we simply have to obey Him. We simply have to obey Him. We have to be a person who will do all that God wants us to do. All that God desires for us to do. Solomon concludes like this in Ecclesiastes 12.13. He says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God keep his commandments. What is it? Fear God and do what he says. And everything will go well with you. For this is man's duty on earth. Fear God and keep his commandments. That's what God desires in our life today. Do we pursue to follow God? Let me summarize it this way. If you want to pursue God, do these three things. Deny yourself. Dethrone yourself, enthrone Christ 
and second live a life of sacrifice live a life of sacrifice finally obey god living a life of sacrifice and obeying god may often seem like a very difficult task sometimes the enemy will make us believe that it's not for us it's not for you 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 cannot be spiritual you cannot be holy we we may even convince ourselves sometimes saying okay living a life of sacrifice obeying god is not for me but the truth is if we deny ourselves if we die to ourselves then it will be easy for us to live to christ no wonder paul says it is no longer i i who lives such a influential man wrote more than half of the new testament how simply because he died to himself it was no more about him it's no more about this paul who was zealous for the law it was about this paul who was zealous for jesus christ he died to himself and he rose up with christ again if we do not die to ourselves living a life of sacrifice obeying god will always be the greatest challenge but if we die to ourselves it will be very easy to live a life of sacrifice and obey god and i tell you this is the way to pursue god if you desire to pursue god in your life if you want to know him more matthew 16:24 it reminds us of three simple principles deny yourself live a life of sacrifice and obey god amen in conclusion i want to read this last verse matthew 16:25 matthew 16:25 It says like this whoever desires to save his life will lose it but whoever loses his life for me for my sake will find it church i pray that you will lose your life for christ's sake because when you do that you will truly find yourself the world will tell us you know find yourself you know see who you are test you know if you want to find yourself the bible teaches lose it live a life of sacrifice deny yourself obey god live for god let your life be all about god because when you do that when you live for christ's sake i tell you you will truly find yourself amen pursuing god begins with these three simple steps dethrone yourself live a life of sacrifice and obey god there's nothing more complex than this